I don't know if this is going to be picked up on, on audio, but I am going to do a COVID test right now. Wait. And I, in fact, the only way you'll know it would be if I make like a gagging noise. Yeah, don't, Hold on. don't try and make it visceral, please. <laughs> that, was, that was bad enough, I'll be honest. That was the mouse swab. That didn't take long. You, you clearly are an expert. I, I went back for a second round. Oh, so I hate it. <laughs> Naturally. Okay, now the nose. Why did you decide to record it, though? This is my big question. Are we a... Do we, make, do, we do bits now? Is that what we're doing? <laughs> no, I'm not. I just... I felt rotten as soon as I woke up this morning. Right. And... Uh, Where have you been in the last uh, five days? So I was with Graham and his dad, who was ill after I left. Oh. And now Graham is ill and now I am ill. Oh. Yeah, you got something at least. So if it's not the COVID, it's it's something. So yeah, we'll find out if it's the big one, and if it's not, it could be one of the other ones. So whilst I squish this in the water, how are you, James? Or how's the infection? How's the health? Tell you what, do you have COVID? I recovered from my my year rebelling against me. I've put it in its place and nice. taught it to be an ear again, and it is doing a great job of hearing things for me. And I'm feeling all right. Uh, well, actually, that's a lie because I can't sleep. But aside from that, I'm uh, feeling all right. Why? Too hot? It's just I think it's, it's just too hot. Yeah, it's, it's always too hot. Nothing you can do. Uh, we don't have AC here, and I can't afford it. And I definitely can't afford it with how much life is going to get more expensive in the next six months. Well, you're telling me. Gosh, we'll we'll, we'll get onto that. I'm, I'm trying to save money, and I'm just in the lowest bank accounts I've seen in a long time. It, well, it got to the stage where it was about a week ago. I was doing some. Sorry, I'm still like scooshing this swab in the water whilst talking. Scoosh away. Multitasking. Scoosh away. Don't drink it though. Don't get don't yeah. get distracted. So I was doing some freelance about last last week and thought, oh, if I finish this, then maybe I won't have to do any more freelance the whole of August. Right. And then yeah, definitely. I, and then I looked at my bank and all the stuff I I I'm owing, including all the tax for last year. Yep. And I think actually no, I'm just gonna have to keep going. And, exactly. And just Same. do more. Same. Same. Yeah, which is um, very sad and horrible. But, you know, that's one of the good things about being a flexible worker is that when you need to do more, you can do more. However, all the other people out there who have rigid jobs and rigid structures and aren't getting paid enough, what can they do? Yeah. Suffer. Well, I'll tell you what. The last time I was uh, coming back down the road and picking up food from a McDonald's, which was uh, last month coming back from Inverness after some media training. Right. We... Stopped at McDonald's for for dinner because only classy people go there. Lovely. And what I noticed was the amount of just regular looking folk who were picking up deliveries for Just Eat and Deliveroo and Uber Eats. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There are more and more people doing that for just like a few hours at the end of the day. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But it was, I never expected it. And it was just people who looked like working mums and dads. And yeah, no, it is. Yeah, oh, it was mad, but it's a reflection, as you say. Everyone's having to get on the grind. Yeah. Oh man, would you start an OnlyFans? <laughs> I mean, I mean, you mean a second one? Oh, okay. Other, than, yeah. I mean, other than the first one. Yeah, yeah. Probably might. I might do so soon. Uh, I guess it depends. I've got, an, I've got an actual legit new job that is going to be regular. So we'll see how oh, much really? money that starts taking. Oh, congrats! In. And then maybe I'll make the second OnlyFans. What, what, what are you doing in the new job? It's the same as my other job, just for another person. Okay. I, they were, they started, they started, they started doing a similar thing to what I do, and I was like, "Hey, I can do that for you." And they were like, "Actually, yeah, you can." Delegation. Yeah. 
Well, that's good. Well done. But also putting yourself out there is, you know, back to that boomer mindset. You just got to, all you have to do is ask for work and you'll get it. That's what work's like. That, you know? That's how it goes. <laughs> it only took me six years to finally have somebody else say, actually, yeah, sure, go ahead. <laughs> and now you have two clients. Well done. Yes. Well, all you need to do now to complete the boomer mindset is cancel your Netflix subscription yeah. and stop buying coffee. Yeah. And then you can buy a house. Exactly. It's perfect. Uh, how's that going, by the way? Because <laughs> I signed those papers a long time ago. Yeah, I'm pretty sure the sale time had lapsed and it was all the lawyer's fault. That's fine. Oh. I don't know what you do in that situation when somebody completely messes up their professional job and it's like made your life a bit more difficult. You can't just, do I just go like, I'm going to pay you less now because you did a bad job. Well, no, I, I, I hope they don't, you know, just refuse to pay, surely. Well, I, what I mean is they are going to have, they are going to restart the process and hopefully get it right. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> Well, no, that's totally on them. So, so you're still technically not the owner of the house. Exactly, which is great because it means that I am getting. I don't have to start suffering the uh, the 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 end of my fixed term for even further into the future. Great. That term has been agreed on in the past, and I'm delaying when it starts. Uh, I've had to do that <laughs> in the last month. <laughs> when that ends, it's gonna be. It's gonna destroy me. So it's terrible. It's gonna be further away now. That's fine. But I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it'll all be cancelled, and I'll, I'll be evicted, and I'll be in the streets. I'll, I'll be borrowing the free Wi-Fi from different coffee shops to do my job. You know. Gosh. Here's a philosophical question, James. What are what are the silver linings in life right now? Because I tell you what, oh with for example everything just going way up in price, which we will talk about. I, I'm just previewing it again, right? In case you missed it earlier, okay. missed the preview of the preview. Okay, everything's going up in in price. Everything wages yeah. are stagnant, so the money is going less far than it used to. Wages are technically going down. Okay, and then yeah. there's coronavirus, which is still a thing. Polio, which was discovered in the London sewage for the first time in 50 years after eradicating it. And now everyone from the ages of one to nine in the city has to get a vaccine. Monkeypox has been declared an actual crisis in many countries. Yep, that too. War in Ukraine. uh, Yeah. Tories. China's gearing up some uh, military stuff too. (laughs) I like how Tories is just on the list as the word. (laughs) Well, well, yeah, there there, there are. There's just more of them and they're worse. There's just more Tories. It's it's terrible. (laughs) Yeah, so there's that. All of these things and... You know what? What's what is there? Well, and capitalism is not slowing down, yeah. which is the big problem because oh, the rich people are still getting richer, and therefore they're happy watching everything burn. Still, as soon as that ticks around to where the rich people stop getting more rich every day and they start plateauing, that's when they'll start caring a bit more about all the crisis, all the disasters, all the things that they're actually causing, and then start trying to work on how to be rich in a different way. But because they're still getting Sorry, I broke something. Because they're still getting more and more rich every single day, doesn't matter to them all these crises. They're not going to make any effort to fix it, and therefore it's going to carry on. For I, you asked me a very different I, question. I so you asked what the good things are. I've gone on a rich people bad rant. But, but clearly, um, you were just so angry that you snapped a pen in half with your sheer I brutality. Did actually, quite literally, snapped some uh, some plastic. That's in half incredible. I'm raging. Wow. I know. I really am strong. Uh, no, but so what do you things. what do you get your joy from then these days when things are you know frankly terrible? Okay, the good thing for me is that we are still more interconnected with the people who matter to us than has ever been a, the case in the past. That's true. 
You think when I was growing up and I asked my asked my parents about like their friends or their family and their stuff, they were like giving warming me up for a lifetime of like not actually being in touch with with distant relatives, not actually having friendships that last very long because you move places and you can't really rely on the mail and on phoning people <laughs> yeah. to keep in touch and all of that. And then and in the course of my lifetime, that's all changed. So it's really easy to just keep up with the people who matter. And that does make it really easy to inter- interface with people who don't matter and who maybe are bad for you as well. But, you know, I, I'll focus on the good thing. That that interconnectedness has led to a person like me who very much enjoys uh, controlled environments and uh-huh. not having to go out and do things at random. It's led to me being far more able to have actual friendships and relationships than I would have at any other time period in history. Okay. Yeah, that's a, that's a good point. Good way of looking at it. There we go. That's a silver lining of present day world. <laughs> good. That's If it's the only one we're going to get, then that's okay. Also, we, we're inventing more vegan food all the time. That's pretty great. That's good. Yep. And it t- tastes marginally better each time as well. Every time. Yeah. It get, keeps getting better. They keep having to add less salt to mask the bad flavor. <laughs> yeah. Uh, as I, I I keep kind of a running mental tally of vegan stuff I've had and enjoyed, right? And it, it does grow, you know. Usually once a month, there's things that. Do you like uh, fruit pastels? Well, yeah. Well, I mean that's one. They're now vegan. Those are vegan. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean things like <laughs> actual actual meals. <laughs> yeah, uh, rather than living on a diet of fruit pastels and air. Actual <laughs> food. Hang on, coconuts are vegan. You can eat fruit pastels and coconuts. Okay, well that's good. And coconut oil. You know all the vegetables vegan. That too, <laughs> and lots of potatoes. But anyway, depends what you fry them in. So yeah, there's things like mince and meatballs, nice and easy because they're basically minced beyond compare in the actual real beef world. So Aye, it's mostly fat and sawdust anyway. Precisely. So the vegan alternatives. So you just replace it with vegetable fat. Right. Are, are close to indistinguishable of the two of those. Right. But then when it comes to things like steak and chicken, you're yet to really get to something which I'm thinking, okay, that's that's passable. It's, it's doable. It depends but on the chicken, what you're doing with mince it. Mince and meatballs are two very good, sure. easy places to start if you are looking to make small changes. And also, oat milk coffees are tasty. Oat, oat milk is just great. Oat milk, is, oat milk leaves you feeling like you've just eaten dessert. Uh, a, a bowl of porridge, I think, was your comparison a few months ago. Well, like a bowl of porridge for free with every meal. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Okay. Uh, one other thing, whilst my uh, COVID <laughs> test... Uh, slowly ticks up the chart, Bruise, and yeah. we reveal live on air if I've caught. Where those lines coming along? Uh, I, it's put on, I put it on my desk, so I actually can't see. The next oh, time okay. you talk, I'm going to go have a look. Oh no! And if you hear, hear me exclaim in horror, <laughs> then I've got the COVID. But anyway, I, it might just be a cold. We'll see. You were saying a thing instead, yeah. I was saying a thing. Yeah. So today, ladies and gentlemen, sure. I went back to Arnold Clark. Right. The big scammers. There are many other C words I would replace them with. But anyway, I went to Arnold C. And <laughs> as part of my deal... Crook is what you mean. Crook. Haha. <laughs> that's what I meant. Same letters, just slightly rearranged. So went back because I got two services as part of my... Uh, when I bought the car. Dropped the car off at 10 past 8 this morning. Right. And at 5 minutes to 5... Uh-huh. Had to phone them to say, hi. Hello. Where's my car? Oh, no. And they said, oh, uh, we, we should have sent you a video uh, to video health check, but we, we didn't. 
Great. That's good of, good of them. Your car's ready in 15 minutes after we wash and hoover it. Uh-huh. But we've got two recommendations. <gasps> One, here's this really expensive thing you can put in your fuel tank. And two, here's some antibacterial wash for your air con. And that will cost you 100 quid. And I said, no, thanks no, very no, much. No. Went to the Arnold Clark. By the time they got the car around for me, it was half past five. Right. It's taken them nine and a half hours, hours. to service my car to find that nothing is nothing needs fixed. What takes them? Well, all the Gen- other cars. Serious question. What do they do all day? The other cars. They do cars. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah, why is mine always last? All the, the time. Because they phoned way sooner. Everyone else is really <laughs> impatient and they phoned after like a 10 minute wait. <laughs> Maybe that's what it is. Maybe I just need to be, you know, more angry when I come in. You gotta be the entitled uh, white boy. Get that entitlement up to ten when it comes to Arnold Clark. Okay, Arnold Clark don't deserve your respect. I had to do a double take on my COVID test, but I am COVID free. It is just a cold. That is well. Congrats to you. I mean, it, I I don't I don't want to panic you here, but it it could still be COVID. I, I'll take another one tomorrow. With the different variants and the different responses to it, the the at-home kits aren't 100% a safe... That's true. You definitely not got COVID. What you definitely don't have is really strong COVID. What I do have, if I do have it, is uh, sniffly, snottery, throaty sandpaper COVID. Yeah, sniffly COVID. Mild mild COVID. Yeah, it's just a bit unpleasant. And actually, this is probably the first cold I've had in almost three years, so I'm, I'm okay with that. Yeah, there's tons of those. It's like... Being reunited with an old friend. Yeah, remember that? Remember when colds used to just be a thing that you would do everything with anyway? <laughs> Sneezing all over your hands and then going into the office and just treating it like nothing was wrong? Yeah. Generation Z, they can't relate to that. Those were the good old days. Oh, man. I, I love it when, when I think about the old days where everyone could just infect each other with the cold all the time. It was great. even For free. To be fair, even today, there was just a couple of times... I cycled into work after dropping off the car, and I put it down to just the cold air bracing against my face, but I sniffled a couple of times. And even after the first one, I thought, oh, right. better not do that. What? Might be spreading the disease. I'm a COVID boy. <laughs> oh, well. I mean, I know, and it's good to be aware, and I'm glad we are aware of that these days. That, that is true. Well, some people. I'm glad some people are aware of that these days. Well, dear listener, I am very sorry if you've, if you've dearly missed this show. We, we certainly have. Yeah, we said we'd do it in a week and that just our weeks are just different. All right. We just have different sized weeks to the rest of you. Yeah, it's it's um something which clearly Shanana felt oh dear. very deeply. She tweeted us to say, wait, it's Saturday. I'm doing housework. I go to open your latest episode. Sorry. No. What will I do with my ears? Oh, well, actually... I, can't, I can only apologize. You know what? You can, what you can do with your ears for free is download... Uh, library app. I use Libby, the library app, when I put my library card on the app, and you can download oh, yeah. audiobooks from your local library for free. Nice. There you go. I don't know you could do that. Stop listening to us completely. Do that instead. <laughs> Just free books forever in audiobook form. Oh, we have to keep some listeners, man. Anyway, thank you to everybody else who got in touch. I must confirm to the those of the half dozen of you who are very concerned about my lack of buying a, a life jacket. <laughs> After seeing lots and lots of convincing messages, I've decided that actually buying a life jacket for my paddleboarding adventures was probably a sensible thing to do. So ended up buying one, and now I have one. Well done. I hope you're all happy. I hope you wear it and you don't feel embarrassed. I hope you just feel very normal and safe. 
Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like that most of the time, but I will feel especially normal and safe when standing in a full wetsuit with a life jacket on, on an inflatable board yeah. somewhere in Scotland. That is attached to you, but tenuously. Attached to my ankle somewhat incongruously, yeah. Anyway, thank you very much for listening to Cease Operate, your new favourite podcast yes. and your podcast to go to for all things COVID, paddleboarding <laughs> oh, no. and new job related. Or Ukraine related or politics related or, that. or just angry me saying things that are mostly true related. If you don't like the Tories, you're in the right place. I'm Colin. That's right. Hates Tories. And James also hates Tories. Also hates Tories. It's incredible. <laughs> We've got so much in common. And let's be clear, rather than a, a broad brush painting of all Tories... This is I just. I don't know. Uh, I can't really think of many that are that are not detestable right now. I don't see any of them working for the good of the common man. Okay, and uh, you are listening to Scotland's longest running season one of any podcast in history. Tory hating podcast in oh, per- wait, in yeah, particular, sorry. but we are less popular than Liz Truss, which is a sentence I never thought I would say. But here we are, twenty twenty two, and I reckon I reckon if we ran. To be the next PM of the Tory party, we'd actually gather a vote or two for sure. No, but the, th- the thing is, if we're if we're promising as Mr. Rishi is doing, oh boy, to give money to the poor's to help them out in this energy crisis, we ain't going to win. Yeah, like Rishi is not going to win because he wants to give some money to the poor people. Well, yeah, he wants to actually. He's 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 pre-gamed it a bit. He's he's preempted. He's trying to pretend to be a good guy too soon. <laughs> you got to do the false promises after you've already got the win. When it doesn't matter that that the, some people believe them, right? Whereas Liz is just saying, "No, I'm not going to give money to the poor's. We're just going to cut the tax, and even if you're on, and that will help minimum wage, and the tax cut won't affect you at all. Too bad. Oh, it's going to help. <laughs> Good luck. You know, all those people on benefits, tax cut, easy. <laughs> Start uh, an OnlyFans. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much for getting in touch at CeaseOperate on Twitter, CeaseOperate at gmail.com. You can send us your reviews of things you have seen, things you have watched, things you've enjoyed. And we have two Magic. listener reviews this week, James. Delighted to say we do have one from Chris for uh, the movie Pride and also right. I believe it's Kingmaker uh, from Anthony. So nice. we will get to that later on. I also watched the... I'm looking forward to live listening. Yeah. I also watched the most expensive Netflix movie ever. The Grey Man. And by the looks of things, All right. you watched uh, the new Predator movie. I watched The Prey, man. Interesting. Okay, well, that's still to come. But let's start, as we must, with the very thing that we detest. Tories! Which is somewhat ironic that we're talking about it. But uh, yeah, Tories. Yes! Okay. Let's get that's through clapping, this. clapping, to be specific. <laughs> okay. Hooray for Tories! Here we go! Yay. Yeah! Yeah! Okay, this is the news that we are still waiting to elect a British Prime Minister. Time. Because Rishi Sunak and Liz Truss have done lots of talking, and they are still talking. So this is the latest. They need time. As of Wednesday evening, it's the 10th of August, Rishi Sunak has said uh, this evening he would rather lose the Tory leadership race than win on a false promise, which is seen very much as a, a jibe at his uh, fellow contender. Right. In an interview with the BBC, Sunak said he, he would tell people that uh, they needed to hear his messages and that he would stay true to his values and that the next Prime Minister has a moral responsibility to support poor people with payments for energy bills, which, of course, Liz Truss is not planning 
to do. No. We've also had some other uh, headlines over the last few days. S- sticking with okay. Mr. Rishi Sunak, oh, he boy. demonstrated his uh, Tory credentials <laughs> by telling an audience in Tunbridge <laughs> Wells in Kent, which is one of the most uh, affluent areas of the country, yeah, yeah, that yeah, he yeah. had diverted public money from deprived urban areas. He stopped spending in deprived areas to make sure that everyone got the spending that they deserved based <laughs> off how rich they are yeah. rather than based off how much help they need. Good lad, that. Yeah, he told this audience that they'd taken the money away from these deprived areas that Labour had uh, highlighted and instead put them to the big places like Tunbridge Wells, you know. Which needs so much development Which needs and all help. the money. Yeah. Oh boy, are they are they they're they're getting their fair share now? Gosh. Okay. We've also had Liz Truss, who in a barrage of headlines over the last few days. One of the ones I want to talk about, James, is uh, he or she? Sorry, I should say. Told oh, wow. a hustings that Nicola Sturgeon is an attention st- uh, attention seeker, and it's best to that's ignore all. her. Yep. That's it. Yeah, she's not like a leader of a nation or anything. She just, <laughs> she just wants. She attention. just wants attention, and let's just pretend she doesn't exist. Okay, James. Yeah, Scotland, Scotland, not real. Nicola, not real. It's fine. <laughs> Ballots have gone out to Tory members. Yeah, and the results are announced on the fifth of September. What's your take on on how this is unfolding? How, is it, how does it take so long? I know Arnold Clark Tories. Why does it take so long? <laughs> Scam is why. Wait, no. <laughs> No one's phoning up fast enough. That's what. Incompetence is why. That's the one. Ah, okay. Right, where are we at? Well, like, surely trust just wins, right? She's got. She's been trying to be. She's trying to give off that Maggie Thatcher air for a long time. And yeah, yeah. yeah. It's not real, but people have been convinced by it. Uh, and you know, I don't know why people would want Thatcher to be back, but the people who do uh, are going to vote for the person who makes them feel like Thatcher's back, and therefore she's she's looking like she's strongly in the lead. Uh, Sunak. Uh, credit to him, did try to recover strong from saying that he's going to help the poor people a little bit by pointing out that he's never actually helped the poor people and he's only really focused on helping the rich people. But it was too late. He he already he already said the I might help the poor people sometimes thing, which is just not going to win the votes for people who think that poor people deserve to be poor and that it's poor people's fault that they're poor. Um, yeah. So we're just going to get a new scumbag in charge of the nation and they're going to do whatever they can to make themselves more well-off and their friends more well-off and to make the corporations more free or whatever they love to do. Um, and it is going to cost the middle class, lower class, anyone who's a taxpayer, it's going to, they're going to strip some more welfare away. So it's going to cost even people who can't even live enough, afford enough, no, who don't even earn enough, there we go, uh, to be uh, paying tax. They're just going to make the same mistakes that have been made by the Tories for the last decade and more of trying to reduce costs and trying to reduce spending and not even bothering to invest in anything at all ever and instead just hoping that eventually the world will be convinced to give us a bunch of free money or something, I guess. Okay. Uh, Because it's not going to go well. And we're going to have another Tory uh, challenger in two more years. On on the... Uh, Blah, 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 blah. On this idea of... Liz Truss winning, I would agree because we have now had a lot of MPs begin to back her Mm -hmm. and even today we've had 10 more MPs backing her leadership bids and some people even leaving Rishi's uh, and switching. So we've had, Mm -hmm. for example, Mm -hmm. MP Chris Skidmore, nice name, 
who said he was concerned by Mr. Sunak's changing position on the economy. Oh, it's like the economy needs to have a changing position every month or two or something like that. <laughs> Indeed. And it does look like polls suggest that mistrust is more popular among members. And I believe, as you say, James, that is simply down to the fact that Rishi Sunak, as much as it begrudges me to say this, seems to have a more realistic grasp on what people need, and that is money. Because Yeah, help right now. Right, right. And he says, okay, you can't just cut tax. That's some sort of fantasy fairyland where the economy's been in the toilet for two years because of the pandemic, and now everything's going up well, so much in cost more. that people need financial support to, to be able to do this. And 67 quid a month for the next six months ain't going to cut it, as we'll get on to. There's, there's my third preview for that story, so you better stick around. Magic. Anyway, that's that's where I believe we are. Liz Trust yeah. is, to me, unless she has an absolute horror show of uh, some sort of statement she comes out with or an interview she gives, I believe she's got it in the bag yeah, and she's no, our yeah. next Prime Minister, which is unbelievable. I can't believe I'm saying that. Well, ah. any, I don't think there was a name that would have made sense. But Tory voters... No, 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 but hold on, hold on, hold on. This is a woman who, several months ago, we were making fun of because <laughs> she seemed to just use the number 10 Prime Minister <laughs> photographer on the Flickr account to just wear hats and travel the world and get pictures taken of her. Yeah, but she is. She's ridiculously stupid and she isn't good at her job and she won't be good at her job. But Tory voters... Tory members, anyone who can elect the next PM that isn't us and isn't involved in actual democracy. Okay. They don't believe in the real world. And they don't believe in reality in terms of what Britain is economically, what Britain is socially, what Britain is just full stop. And they believe this Tory fantasy. So whoever can offer them the most concrete uh, story that lines up with that fantasy they will vote for it. That's why Boris won. It's because he made up a bunch of stuff that they wanted to hear and they believed him. It's why it's it's why everyone has won for however long it has been with the Tories. They just make up stuff that people want to hear because it aligns with what they think would be the most comfortable fantasy for them to live in, but it's never true. And therefore, Rishi being like 0.5% more realistic was too realistic for them to handle so they can't vote for him. Okay, what about the comments that we I mean, we briefly touched on it a minute ago, but what Liz Truss said about Nicola Sturgeon, if and when she becomes Prime Minister, uh, yeah. that's going to be one very awkward phone call. I mean, and but Nicola's got the, got the power in the dynamic already because Truss is having to pretend that she thinks Nicola's just an attention seeker and all of that. And she's trying to have all of this I'm better, I'm stronger, I'm more powerful output which just is fake when you're the first person to say it. It's just like any other debate that devolves into insults. Whoever throws the first insult is the loser in the, in that in that dynamic. Okay. Because then when they get responded to, the response, whatever it is, even if it's like, actually, you're the one that's irrelevant, is, is justified. People feel like it's valid and they feel like it was earned. Whereas if you just come out and having not been attacked by someone, you're like... They're just an attention seeker. You just sound like a loser. <laughs> Indeed. Liz Truss, the loser, who is ironically going to win uh, the prime ministerial race. Okay, anyway, let's move on to other losers. Donald Trump! Hey! He's back! Yes, this is the news that the former president uh, put out a statement on Monday to say that his Mar-a-Lago residence in Florida had been raided by the FBI. 
So this is the news that after a warrant was executed, agents raided the property looking for, allegedly, presidential and classified records that the Justice Department believed the former president had unlawfully (laughs) kept or uh, retained in his own private residence. (laughs) Papers he couldn't shred, yeah. Yeah, uh, yes, uh, indeed. And this is just the stuff we know about. Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. So the criminal nature of this search warrant uh, suggests that this investigation surrounding Trump, one of many, which I'll get into, yeah. is a criminal probe because as former president, he was meant to have turned over all these records, memos, releases, documents to the National Archives and instead he kept them or he I mean, attempted to destroy them. Yeah, we know that... Trump didn't manage to flush everything down the loo. And we know he tried to. <laughs> so we know that they're just trying to reclaim some key documents that Trump either thought would be worth selling on to somebody or keeping hidden forever. There's the only two reasons you're going to keep those documents. J- just to reference what you're talking about there, there are there is photographic evidence here of ripped up documents <laughs> stuffed into a toilet. <laughs> Which, inside the White House, so which staffers claim was Donald Trump, who, when yeah. looking through a lot of these records, would just pocket some yeah. and uh, tear them up and try and flush them down the toilet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so it's like known facts. Trump trying to hide things so we know they're just, they finally got a judge to give the go-ahead for the first time ever, as far as I'm aware, to raid the uh, property of a former president. Because uh, this investigation is more serious than people seems to think it was for the past while, and right, right, right. Uh, lots of us who are pessimistic are obviously going to believe that they're not going to take it seriously. But you know, even if they gather all the evidence in their world, it's still hard to believe they'll prosecute, and it's still hard to believe that there will be a trial that is any in any way valid for you know powerful white men um, in the, in the United States. But the response has been cr- cringy as well from his fans and his news outlets and stuff. Yeah. There has been another Donald Trump story today, which I'm going to get into in just a second. But James, just in terms of the timing, obviously people are saying they wanted this to be done just before. uh, Or his his allies have been accusing the FBI of of waiting for their moment just before he relaunches his bid for a 2024 presidential run. Right. What do you say to that? Well, would they have rather waited till after? (laughs) What do they want here? When was the right time? If If they raided him right after... Like, after three months of after he left, it's too soon. You can't have possibly have done enough investigation to warrant a raid. And so they wait a couple of years, and it's like, well, now you're, now you're just waiting just before he says he's going to run again. And then if you wait till after he's running, it's like, oh, well, you're just sabotaging the race. So, yeah, of course, they're just making up whatever's convenient for them. They don't believe it. They know that he's, they know that he's dirt, because they are all dirt as well. All of these commenters, they're, they are probably in text chains and in WhatsApp groups, yeah, yeah, yeah. in the same conspiracy circles, trying to hide the same evidence elsewhere. Okay, so the other story I wanted to talk about involving Mr. Trump is that the former president has said he declined to answer questions as part of a New York investigation into his family's business practices. So yes, James, as you say, yeah. he pled the fifth which is the amendment which gives him the right to essentially say no comment. Which is valid. He arrived at the Attorney General's office on Wednesday uh, in the wake of state officials accusing the Trump organization (laughs) 
of obtaining tax breaks and loans through fraud oh. or misleading valuations of no assets. Way. Mr. Trump has denied wrongdoing. No, but they're such lovely people. Okay, so <laughs> in the wake of his visit, he released this statement, released a statement which criticized the Attorney General and the investigation itself and said that he declined to answer the questions. And as you say, James, he does actually have a right to do so in the States. Yeah. And this is... As I start, as I said, there totally separate to the FBI warrant yesterday. These are two different stories. It turns out Trump is actually getting investigated for a lot of things in a lot of different states, or people, uh, people on Trump team are getting investigated, especially for a lot of things in a lot of different states. So there's another one he's getting investigated for something, and you know, plead the fifth. Go ahead, because you do anyway. You everyone should wait for their lawyers. If you are, even if you are innocent, if you have the right to not talk to the police, don't talk to the police. Because um, lawyers know what even the police could get an innocent person to say to incriminate them. And you don't because you're not an expert. Um, so, yeah, Trump knows the way to not get incriminated. Right, right. I highly doubt it's because of police trickery, though I most most strongly believe it is because he knows that he is <laughs> not the good type of guy who is innocent and would accidentally say things that are just true and also criminal. It is, of course, one of various legal challenges involving Mr. Trump, including the House of Representatives Select Committee investigating investigating his actions surrounding the Capitol riot on January 6th. Oh, yeah. And the Justice Department examining his challenge to the 2020 election results. Yeah. Prosecutors in Georgia who are investigating whether the president and associates tried to interfere in the state's results by did. pressuring officials yeah. to... Uh, discard votes. Yeah. And uh, again, we had a federal appeals, appeals court yesterday ruling that lawmakers are allowed access to Mr. Trump's tax records. So yeah. there's a lot going on. Do you think, just before we move on, this increases his chances of, or it grows his support in terms of a 2024 run? <laughs> his support is more emotionally invested now. They're all weeping for the guy. Um, but no, yeah, he's got this. He's got his pretend um, messiah figure thing going on now again because he's getting persecuted by the uh, by the media. He's getting persecuted by the power, and he's just a little guy who's 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 doing what's right for the for America and all of that. So yeah, his support that remains is of course just going to be emboldened by this to feel even more strongly like their man is innocent and being mistreated. But you know, I don't want to make it makes him any more likely to to win anything because. We still have him not being the number one guy yet. Again, for we'll see how that goes for the future. But you know, he's 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 looking weaker uh, than he used to. But you know, I, I actually don't think any of this will ever haunt him when he's alive. I think he's gonna die before any of these things actually come out as like Trump guilty or whatever. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. He'll live his life. He'll he'll have his fun, and then he'll die, and then we'll find out that actually he was bad. Wow, are we? Aren't we surprised? Also, I'm hearing a cat. Yeah, I'm just going to put her out. She has decided it's food time, so we put her in the hall. Because the food is there. Okay, James, let's move on. Let's talk about energy bills, seeing as I have previewed this several times. Wow. This is the news that energy bills in the UK for a typical household could hit... £4,260 next year. That's mental. So this higher estimate means that the, the average household will be paying over £350 a month instead of the 160 currently. And this is also treble what was initially 
estimated yeah. about six months ago. Yeah, which w- the initial estimate was unacceptably high. And they were like, actually, hold on a second. Let's just multiply that number. This is, yeah, it's, it's absolutely mad. So this is the price cap, the maximum amount that suppliers can charge customers for their average energy <laughs> use. That is due to be announced at the end of this month. And yeah. the government are saying, yeah. I-, I know everybody needs help, but we're going to wait. Until the energy cap. Well, yeah, is the government can't do anything until we've got the new prime minister. They are powerless, you know. Oh boy, they, they can't possibly react to so things. The, the the feedback to this and experts like Martin Lewis have have uh, given their thoughts. Yeah, he good, good lad. He's doing some good strong interviews. Indeed, yeah, he's been really robust. He in his interview with the BBC, said that this was equivalent to the pandemic. The fact that yeah. in the early stages, we were looking at the hospitals in Europe fill up and we're saying, oh, that that's terrible. Let's continue to just live life. Let's just be Britain, though. <laughs> and then 125,000 people died. So yes. his comparison here is that this idea of £400 being enough to make a dent in the impact of what was a previous forecast, which was something like almost £1,000 lower, yeah. that the government needs to step up, needs to do something. Because this is, as you say there, uh, James, a real concern on the scale of uh, analogous, I should say, to the pandemic and how the UK and how many countries responded to it. People will die. And even if they don't die, we're going to have families suffering, choosing between food and heat. We're going to have all kinds of horrible things happening. And it's all within the the government's ability to respond to this and help people. Um, Targeting the the right parts of the chain with taxes to keep things competitive and and lower and and i do see a lot of people targeting the suppliers uh i think the suppliers are still pretty well regulated um and the we're, the problems we're seeing are, are a little earlier in the supply chain um where they where they were getting record profits being drawn in um by uh the people who are distributing uh gas or distributing whatever um, and the government obviously can respond, and they're just refusing to. And I don't know why they're refusing to, but it's the same thing we've said about every crisis under the Tories for a long time, is we don't know why they take so long to do what the obvious stuff is, and then eventually they do the really obvious thing after saying that it wasn't the right answer for, for like, two months. Like, they're going to act like just giving people credit and taking on the cost uh, as the whole tax system rather than as individuals who can't afford it and then a bunch of people who obviously can uh they're gonna say hey that's not right everyone's got to pay their own bills blah blah blah. doesn't matter how, how rich or poor you are just spend responsibly and don't use more energy than you can afford to and then two months later they're gonna go actually no yeah we gotta we gotta solve this through this this whole social system rather than as individuals and I don't know why they're waiting every time. Why haven't they learned their lesson of just just do the right thing right now? Because you already know it. You're just pretending you don't. Yeah, there are some pretty scary case studies and stories here. There's a family who are currently paying £100 a month, are looking to renew because their deal's almost up, and the cheapest one is 420 quid rather than the 100 they currently pay. Yeah, we're looking at like kilowatt hours for like 70-something pence i've seen some some estimates including that where like average well normal-ish costs across europe and in the uk and the world for however long has been less than less than 10 pence or maybe up to 15 so the, the prices we're looking at is crazy compared to almost anywhere and yes europe is in a difficult situation right now because we are we are in like the 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 immediate effects of 
uh, withdrawing our Russian supply and stuff like that. And that does include the UK, even though very little of our supply comes from Russia compared to other countries. But it does not explain these incredibly high jumps, especially while companies are raking in record profits. Yeah, we'll get to that in just a second. So for a comparison, the average cost of energy for a household in the winter of 2020-21, and even the winter of 21-22, was just over £1,000. Yeah. And this forecast is for four times that amount. Yeah. Which is, you know, I know eye-watering is the phrase that people are using, but as you say, certain people are just going to have to starve because they will not be able to afford it. People already do choose between heat and and food in the winters. So if it's a problem right now at the, or if it was a problem before at a quarter of the cost on average, it's going to be that much uh, more of a problem. And I doubt it's just going to be linear. It's probably going to be some horrible exponent where if we're seeing costs go up four uh, by four, we might see problems go up by eight or problems go up by 16. And the occurrences of all these issues go up by a, a huge amount more than just what you'd expect by hearing the, the cost difference. Because people are going to be taking on insane amounts of debt, maybe, to try and afford this year. That just cripples them for the rest of their lives, probably. You mentioned the companies making disgusting levels of profit. Segwayed onto this is BP, who announced that their quarterly profits for seven billion pounds yeah but colin it's because their workers came together to work really hard and and solve the problems that have been that we face in a crisis and everyone knows that when there's a crisis and you solve that you actually make profit you don't just like make a little bit less money than normal or something like that you you make massive profits when you solve a crisis (laughs) so to be clear these are the profits between april and june yeah. Three months. Seven billion yeah. pounds off mm-hmm. profit. And how much are they going to pay out to their their leaders? Their, how much bonuses are we going to see? And how many how much shareholder yeah. profit is there going to be? Meanwhile, everyone who couldn't have ever afforded to buy a share in BP in the first place pays the cost. And that's, that's worldwide. BP isn't just a UK company. No. They are they are taking advantage of people across the globe. Yeah, this is the historically the second highest their uh, profits have been for this quarter ever. And this is following similar-sized profits from the likes of Shell, Equinor, and Total Energies, as well as British gas owner Centrica, who have all been yeah. reaping the benefits of higher prices for yeah. gas and oil. And you know what? If we saw the result of like uh, the the crisis that the world is facing, if we saw the result was these companies struggling, we'd be putting money into their pockets to keep them afloat. We'd be saving those companies and giving them money from the taxpayer. But because the crisis ended up inverting and they're making massive amounts of money and instead we're the ones suffering, yeah, we got to pay them anyway. It is uh, one of the very sad reflections of, of the capitalist society we live in. But this is... Yeah, it's like privatizing things doesn't work. Right. Oh, wow. Because this is terrible. It's just plain immoral yeah. to make $7 yeah. billion dollars worth of profit in the industry where people are, as we've just discussed, dying because they're unable to afford the product that you are reaping. And it's it's just wrong. It's yeah, just it's, flat wrong. It's things like things like these necessities to the existence of us in this society should not be 
profitable to this degree. <laughs> and the fact that they are means that maybe we should have never sold them off in the first place for some tiny little bit of short-term gain. Imagine if we were the owners of these global suppliers as a nation. <laughs> How much control we would have to lower the prices to a reasonable amount and still be apparently making not zero money by... It's hard to get rid of seven billion in profits. And, and yet, no, no, we give it away, we sell it off, Tory, Tory, whatever. I, 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 I'm just, it's just, I'm just angry. Yeah, we, could, yeah. we could be in such a good situation as a country if it wasn't for the privatization and for people who are so pro-capital and so pro-market and all of these things. Oh. Yeah, and it's it's the fact that this money is going to, for example, three and a half billion of it is going to shareholders, which are includes a lot of pension funds. But it's also the fact, James, that these high oil and gas prices, which are emptying all of our pockets, are filling the company's pockets of those who, who sell it. And that, yeah, it does, it just, it does make me angry. It, it, there's nothing but anger. You can't have any response but anger. There's no sense here in like some soft, centrist middle ground of being, oh, but they took on all the risk and therefore they deserve all the reward. Nope. No, they take advantage all the time. Stop it. <laughs> Here's the other thing, just before we move on. <laughs> other thing that I noticed from going up north over the weekend. Okay. The petrol prices in the far north of Scotland are about 13 pence cheaper oh. than in Glasgow. Okay. And this has been reflected in the story today from the RAC, the uh, motoring group. Like subsidies and stuff? Who said the supermarkets are not cutting fuel prices by as much as they should to match the significant drop in the cost of wholesale fuel. So the average price uh, on Tuesday... Yeah. Cost goes up, it's reflected fast. <laughs> yeah, the average price on Tuesday was £1.76. Right. In Castletown, this tiny village in the far north, it was one sixty nine. Okay. Hail. Hail. But the RAC say it should be one sixty two. Right. And obviously up north, you have very few big supermarkets selling petrol. It's all independent stores it's franchises right right more likely to actually just care a little bit about their customers whereas the likes of tesco asda sainsbury's morrison's are selling this fuel at a massive markup because well, it's, they, they can they can yeah they know that that they're not going to get heavy protests for selling the thing that we desperately need to survive in a world that has been dominated by cars for no reason other than profit they recognize that when fuel costs go up, we'll pay for it. And then when fuel costs, well, for them, when the fuel costs go down, they don't need to lower the price. We'll just keep paying what we've been paying and they can like lower it in a month to make us feel a little bit good, whatever. It's it's always the, the, the scummy ways to make profits. You, you'd expect no less. Okay, let's move on and talk about Osama bin Laden, James, because he's back in the news. You know. He's been resurrected. Yep, yep. Yeah, and I'll tell you what, it's hard to make the Tories not the worst person we've talked about in general, but here's Osama <laughs> it is. flexing. So here's the story that the Prince of Wales, Prince Charles, accepted a £1 million payment yeah. from the family of Osama bin Laden. Who, who had disavowed themselves of him, to give them credit. They did say, he's a bad boy, not one of us anymore. So this is... Giving further detail here, Charles accepted the money from two of his half-brothers yeah. 
in 2013, a couple yeah. of years after the Al-Qaeda leader was, was killed, yes. it was the uh, Prince of Wales Charitable Fund that received the, the uh, donation. Mm-hmm. And defending this decision, Clarence House said it had been assured that thorough due diligence had been conducted yeah, and the course. decision to yeah. accept the money yeah. lay with trustees. And mm. any attempt to characterise it as otherwise is false. You see, but if they really thought that what they did was just transparent, was very good and no questions asked. You'd think we would have heard about it in 2013. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so here's my point. I know in this, as you say, that the half-brothers uh, had disowned Osama yeah. some years previous. Yeah, it's fine. But it's also the reputational slash, slash PR damage this optics. does. Yeah. So, for example, the people who, as we talked about before, Saudi Arabian... Well, the, just the Saudi Arabian uh, government, I guess. The Kingdom so of Saudi just, Arabia just, yeah, just, buying yeah. Newcastle Football Club. Despite the fact... Yeah, sports watching. We've done this one a lot. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. Uh, the same country's government murdered its own civilians. The likes of Jamal Khashoggi. Executed uh, yeah, journalists, yeah. Executes people... You know, all they're just very homophobic. All the all the, the complaints, well, yeah, human rights violations. That's much worse. Human rights violations. That's yeah, good summary. <laughs> much worse than just saying mean names. But that is included in in that umbrella. Yeah. So whilst the two are, and I'm using my air quotes here, separate. Yeah. The Kingdom of Saudi Arabia buying Newcastle is on a similar but very distinct page. Yeah, it should not be allowed. Yeah. Because, but you are tarred by association. Yeah. You can well, argue until you're blue in the face that uh, Saudi Arabians buying Newcastle is totally fine and, yeah, totally moral, despite the fact that the Saudis are, are terrible. <laughs> this is the same thing. Yeah, Even right, though yeah, you're yeah. saying, oh, yes, but the family disowned Osama, it's fine. It's not how it works. Perception is the only reality. Yeah, there's a reason for all of these purchases and it's not just profit, especially charitable stuff. It's not even a purchase at that point. There's always a reason. Um, so it's worth asking what that reason is. And if the reasons are good and proper and, and right and whatever, you know, there wouldn't be headline news right. almost a decade later. Right. So clearly, they clearly did not believe it at the time. And they clearly don't believe it now. They knew that they were getting bought with this donation in some way, that their name was getting cleansed. By association, and in that, and in inversely, that the charity was getting, as you as you say, tarred a bit. And it's the same with with teams, with sports teams. They get bought. It gives the, it gives a little bit of uh, publicity boost to the people who are buying, and it tarnishes the the thing that was bought. I guess my question also is, why were they giving money to the Prince of Wales? No, wait, who knows? I don't like if you want to give money to <laughs> charities. As long as the charity is good, go for it. I don't care how bad you are. Go for it. Right. Um, however, if the charity thought it was a good thing, it wouldn't have been kind of soft hidden for this long and be a scandal now. So, you know, maybe I don't know what the charity is involved in. I don't know what their goal is. Maybe it kind of aligns with whatever the brothers actually like in life or whatever, you know. Um, <laughs> the more money we take out of bad people's pockets and put into charities is good. But okay. if you're doing it secretly... You are obviously doing it secretly for a reason. That's fair. You can't believe in it fully. Okay, two legal stories to talk about. I want to talk about Rebecca Vardy, James. Oh, yeah, I definitely follow that one real closely. Okay, this is the so-called Wagatha Christie case. And if you're unfamiliar to this, uh, dear listener, then please do look it up. It's very entertaining in all the worst ways possible. So, Rebecca Vardy... True. 
who is the wife of famous Leicester City football player Jamie Vardy, lost her yeah. libel case against Colleen Rooney, who is the wife of yes. fellow football player Wayne Rooney. Yes. And it's, uh, according to this article, is leaving her facing a bill for millions of pounds in legal costs. Right. As she claims in the wake of this decision, the judge got it wrong. This uh, high court judgment on Friday uh, was found, or rather the judge in that case, found Vardy to be an untrustworthy witness okay. who is likely to have destroyed potentially crucial evidence on Yeah, you don't want to be destroying purpose. evidence. That's not a good thing to be doing. So Mrs. Justice Stein concluded that Vardy probably did work with her agent to leak stories from Rooney's private Instagram account to The Sun, right. uh, providing tips to tabloid journalists, helping them with oh, their inquiries, mm-hmm. and expecting to get paid as a result. So Rooney's, right. uh, Colleen Rooney, if you recall a few years ago, took to Twitter and posted a big thread she did. to accuse Miss Vardy, or Mrs. Vardy, I should say, of leaking these Instagram stories to the tabloids. It turned mm-hmm. out mm-hmm. that she'd been st- she started posting things on her Insta stories and hid them from everyone yeah. until there was only Rebecca Vardy left seeing them and seeing which stories ended up in the print. Yeah, actual detective work. Congrats. Incredible stuff. And then <laughs> revealed that it was yeah. Miss Rebecca Vardy's account that did it. And thus memes were born. Here we are, three years later. Right. And as uh, it so happened, one of Rebecca Vardy's phones was accidentally dropped into the North Sea. Oh. How about boy. that? It happens to me like every other day by accident. Yeah. yeah. yeah I feel like. Hundreds of email and WhatsApps were deleted. Yeah. Somewhat yeah. mysteriously. Yeah. No, I specifically accidentally clear. Uh, Do it all the time. Very, very certain sets of emails. Just a hundred very specific emails gone by accident. Yeah. yeah. And then after all that, Rebecca Vardy decided, you know what? I'm going to take Colleen Rooney to court for libel because I am not, I am not responsible for these things. And then lo and behold, they went through this whole court case for two and a half weeks, and the judge said, "Yeah, actually, you were. Yeah, it was you. Uh, uh, yeah, it turns out it, it was you." And she didn't lie. <laughs> what, do, what do you make of this in terms of, uh, rather than the case itself, the idea or the decision to know. take it to court? Uh, she, she's she got to just have some lawyer who saw free money out of dragging this as far as they could. <laughs> and I mean, free money for them, not for Vardy. I think, oh, of that, course. I think her team, her, law, her legal team was just like, we can take all her money. And if other people get her money too, no problem. And they just gave her really bad advice. Because surely, I mean, I guess you can do it yourself. Maybe she was just that stubborn and the legal team just had to do their best to make up for someone who's being stubborn and stupid. But I feel like, I feel like, I, I don't, I, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta put my doubt on the, on the legal team for sure. Yeah, I must also add that the phone was dropped, sorry, accidentally dropped into the North Sea. Yes. After a legal request was made to search its WhatsApp messages. Oh yeah, no, yeah, that, yeah. Every other time I drop my phone in the sea, it's because it's been requested specifically. Indeed. It happens by accident for sure. Okay, and one more legal story and let's go to the States once again. It's US conspiracy theorist Alex Jones. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness, we were blasting out so many names of people who might actually be worse than Tories. <laughs> it's incredible. This is an episode. Okay, he's been ordered to pay almost $50 million in damages after falsely claiming that the 2012 school shooting <sighs> still at Sandy Hook was a hoax. So a it's jury... Still, it hurts hearing yep. that 
he would he made so much money from saying stuff like that and that Indeed. he would be willing to say stuff like that in the first place. Yeah, so a jury in Texas ruled that he must pay this uh, enormous amount uh, after a two-week defamation trial brought by the parents of a child who was murdered in the attack, along with 19 other children and six adults. And in the wake of that, as you say, James, Alex Jones was the key proponent, or one of them, of this idea that it was... It was a hoax. These were all actors and nobody actually died. He, yeah, he profited from this. It was his business for ages. Yeah. yeah. These parents and children were all just, uh, we're still happily actors. alive. Anyway, yeah. that was then taken to court and uh, Jones testified in court that actually um, he was wrong and now he, he realized it was real. But alas, too late. <laughs> yeah. He now owes $50 million. Now, I doubt he will pay... No, he's, Anything he's, he's filed for that. bankruptcy already. He right, did it so before the trial was even like getting to witness stages or something like that. So basically, yeah, he can't or won't pay anything. He's trying to get out of paying, yeah. But this is just this is just one case for him. Right, th- there are the, there are others on the horizon. Similarly to Trump, he, he's kind of surrounded by legal troubles at this point. Well, yeah, because this was just this was just one of the families. Well, what's your take on this? Because mine is that. As, as sad and as horrendous as this whole case, this whole story is, you know, it's been a decade since Sandy Hook and all the horrendous things and the stories that were um, put forward, peddled by conspiracy theorists, the fact that these parents in some cases were abused, were doxxed yeah. by fellow yeah. conspiracy theorists online. He's finally, I know it's only one guy, but he's being held accountable for... The things he said, well, yeah, and I hope that he disappears from public life and is never seen again. Oh well, no, I don't hope he disappears from public life because he's going to be instrumental for the January sixth uh, investigations well, too. You know what I mean? Now, no, they, no, now, I mean. especially now that they've got his phone because he accidentally, his lawyers accidentally give his phone to the, uh, <laughs> yep, <laughs> to the to the others, and, and never. <laughs> that's a whole other story. It is, um, right? But no, the uh, the big thing for me is that it is. Somewhat, it's heartbreaking and inspiring in equal parts that the parents in this instance and in several other instances are still fighting this and are still willing to be reliving the traumatic experience itself and the traumatic years afterwards, fighting the people who are doing these things and making it so much worse and uh, far worse than it ever should have been. Um, I don't, I like, I'm, I don't, if they, they might never get paid, I don't think they're, I doubt they're doing it for the money. Uh, I, I hope they I hope they have closure even if they never get a, a, a penny, you know. Uh, but power to them for keeping on fighting this against what is a very well-funded individual and a very well-funded bunch of conspiracy theorists. And I hope they can keep fighting and keep bringing more names into this and keep getting more people punished. Um, because it is about time we saw some of these conspiracy groups having to pay the cost of the harm they are doing. And I hope we see it for far more things, for these massive lies that cause a huge amount of trauma and sometimes death when it comes to certain conspiracy theories. I hope we see more people getting brought to courts. But yeah, it's insane that his, that his lawyers accidentally gave all of his phone records away, all well, this entire phone away to, to the uh, prosecution. It's hilarious.
Okay, James, let's wrap up with what we've been watching. I have... All right. ...a movie and a yeah. TV show, which I will discuss in brief. I know you've got a film right. and we've got a yeah. couple other audio reviews. Yeah. I would like to start with a very brief recap of RuPaul's Drag Race All-Star <laughs> Season 7. All-Star Season 7. Ooh. Now, the, as I say, I'm going to keep this brief because I did the whole... Uh, if, if you want to revisit a previous episode where I watched a season of RuPaul's Drag Race for the first time ever because of right. my yeah. uh, serious internalized homophobia, basically telling myself these people were too gay and I wasn't gay enough to watch it. Okay. And then I watched it, mainly at the behest of Graham, mm-hmm. and turned out I really enjoyed it. And these people were all really inspiring. It's, it's, very fun. it's a very fun show. And had fantastic, but really heartbreaking, horrible stories, personally. I do, I do hate the product placement. And though. I mean, that too. But these <laughs> incredibly talented people who, yes. as I compared it to the likes of X Factor or The Voice, rather than just like one thing, they do loads of stuff, whether it's comedy or Tons of singing or some sort of routine or improv. Well, and they make their outfits. And they make all their outfits and they look amazing. So once again, this was uh, another season of the show. And tell you what, RuPaul uh, is a match for Lin-Manuel Miranda as the, oh, okay. as the busiest man in Hollywood, <laughs> he just <laughs> constantly does everything. But yeah, watch this season. And what I really liked about it was they got... Um, the concept of All-Stars, by the way, is they get queens who have previously won the show or have done very well. I assume so. And they all bring them onto the same season. The All-Stars, you might say. Indeed. The clue's in the name. <laughs> but rather than send one home every week, okay. they just they, they just did like a kind of a, like a league table. You know, and every week there were a couple of winners. Oh, and they were attempting. I like that way more. Yeah, and they were attempting to get to the top four, and then the top four would compete in the final episode in a, a lip sync for your I life. Love that. That's that's far that's far more fun. I guess it get less good for the ratings. I guess as a format, but that's the kind of format I like. But see, here's the thing: everybody, and I include myself in this, way preferred it because rather than just you know animosity and people trying to create drama, 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 you've got eight. Super talented individuals who are yeah. insanely creative have these, you know, amazing stories, and you just go out and see them absolutely kill it every single week. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So rather than you know the queens who are perhaps new to it and a wee bit naff, and they get the negative reviews, and then they start the drama. And sure, there's always a time and a place for that sort of hell's kitchen uh, face off. Well, yeah, drama, drama sells on TV. You know, it's it's, it's what's going to sell forever. Right, but in terms of a new way of doing the show, because the show's been going for like 15 years. Good mix up. I really enjoyed it, and and you got to know the people really well. Yep. And you still had your favorites, but they were all just having a great time, and they were all bouncing off each other and supporting one another. Nice. It was really nice. It was really wholesome. And Excellent. I thoroughly enjoyed it. So yeah, if you are ever, if you're yet to watch an episode, I would watch more than one because you you you, you do get to know these people, mm-hmm. and they are yeah some of the uh, most creative performers that I've ever seen. So high marks for RuPaul's Drag Race All-Star Season 7. All right. James, what about you? What have you watched? I watched Prey. We talked about it a while ago, and then I lied to you. I said they filmed it twice in two different languages, but I was misinformed. They actually just Ah. dubbed it in the second language. So I watched it in the filmed language, which was English mostly, but sometimes Comanche and sometimes French. Can you tell me where can we see this and what is it? This film... Is a Predator universe film, a Predator sequel, prequel film. Okay. The, you know, the classic Arnie film uh, that has had several 
drops in the franchise. The, the original is very good. The original is very good. I would say the second one is actually very good. Uh, it is. Was it Veep? No. What was the one where they were the whole cast that wasn't that wasn't the most recent one? I think it was Predators. Predators. With a S. I actually enjoyed that more than the average audience and average critics okay. seems to. Um, but this one, Prey, legitimately as good as the first one. Interesting. In terms of overall enjoyment. Legitimately for a Predator film is probably about as good as it gets in terms of uh, f- including all the technical aspects of being a stunning film. It is beautiful. Um, having an actually good soundtrack, having legitimately good acting, the lead and, well, the, the leads, I guess, there's the main character whose name I've forgotten and the brother who, it was his first ever gig, I think. Nice. Nailed it. They were so good. So you can watch this on Disney in the UK. I think it's on Hulu elsewhere across the world. Okay. Um, For a Predator film, really good. And it, is, it, it sets, it, it doesn't treat you like an idiot as well. Um. Because you're watching a Predator way further back in time than we've seen before, fighting against people with way less good weapons and stuff. So how on earth do you justify uh-huh. that the Predator would struggle there when they fought against Arnie and stuff and a whole military group and it seemed to be pretty level pegging? Well, not really, but you know. Um, but they actually justify it by showing rather than telling. They don't just have like okay. a Predator wearing a training bib or something and being like <laughs> patted on the back on the way out of the ship so you you go out there, son, and Good luck. You, this is your first ever hunt, and we've never done this before as a whole species, but you do your best. Uh, and they have that respect for the audience quite a lot through the film, and I love that about it. But it also doesn't try to take itself too seriously, and it does just show you that it is an action piece. Um, okay. But it has the beautiful thing that the first film did, where the, it's got the film in two parts, where in the in the Predator, the first one is like a war body film, turns into, ah, a bad alien predator. And in this one, it's yep. like a family, uh, Native American family kind of... Adventure. Crisis film, but not even adventure, because uh, you're just seeing a day into the life of, of these people, and apparently done in a respectful way that is realistic. And then it switched into, ah, angry, angry, scary predator. But the character dynamics are legitimate. Uh, they don't just have a bunch of throwaway, annoying characters who get one shot and stuff like that. And then they do actually have that. But that's really fun when they do when they do that part too. Um, right, okay. And it's all pretty well grounded for a film like this. And when, it, when you're looking back to the last one, which was like the predator or something, and they wanted to weaponize autism and they had like predator dogs yeah one of them became a good predator dog and they had like the 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 good predator bad predator thing and it was just all bad this one so good in comparison and i would like to see what more people have to say about it because i have been excited for this purely because of the team behind it Mm -hmm. and the the fact that they seem to be respecting the culture that they were interacting with and all of that and then for it to actually turn around and be an enjoyable film on top of that and an enjoyable action film with like really good action pieces and really good justified fights and all of this stuff and the ramp up is insanely well done i'm very pleased and i want to know what more people have to say so please watch it, you specifically, Colin, because I'd like you to come back to me with it. Okay, well, I'm, I'm, if you've thrown down that gauntlet to me, I shall do the same for the movie I've watched. It is The Grey Man. Oh, no. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's on Netflix. It is the most expensive Netflix movie ever. Yeah. And it's directed by the Russo brothers. So if that name rings a bell, it's because they did... All the best Marvel stuff, including yeah, the final two Avengers movies they, yeah. so far. Infinity War. They do know how to spend money well. And Endgame. 
Yeah. And this Grey Man stars Ryan Gosling, Chris Evans, Anna de Armas, my fave. Gosling is great, though. Billy Bob Thornton and uh, everybody else, a big Billy Bob ensemble, is great, ensemble cast. Evans who... is great, though. <laughs> Armist is great, though. <laughs> they are all great. I'll get on they to are that. All, it's actually a really good cast in other situations, maybe. Okay, so so this is a f- franchise starter because a sequel and a spin-off have already been wow. greenlit. And I think that was even before Whoa. the movie actually uh, I didn't know that. aired. So yeah, we've got a sequel and a spin-off on the way. This is a really redundant, maybe not redundant is the right word, um, a very simplistic description <laughs> of the movie, but okay. it is basically James Bond if it was a Marvel film. Yeah, okay. Got it. So That makes sense. Russo brothers all over this. The quips are quippy. The fights are <laughs> fighty. The CGI Chris is... Chris Evans chewing the scenery, I'm sure. Oh, for sure. The CGI is a bit incoherent at times. There's a couple of uh, oh, no. sequences which you're, you're looking at it and thinking, oh gosh, that looks like they should have spent more money on that bit. Yeah. But yeah, they did chuck a whole heap of cash at this and probably, if you watch the film, use the smallest amount of that budget on the dialogue. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> and and the, the plot. So, Did it feel like they improved it at all or did they not even do that? There's a bad line. I'm sure, for example, that they did... Gosling is good at improv. Right. I'm sure they did some improv, but there's definitely some quips that have clearly been written into it. So, for example... Right, yeah, full board meeting level quips. A line that goes, well, you know, as they say, if you want to break an omelette, you got to kill some people. Ha ha, that's the joke <laughs> I have not heard before. It's, it's, that's the kind of dialogue we're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's overall, because yeah. there's a few points I want to make, but my overall piece or advice would be stick this on in the background yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. and don't think too much about it. It, I mean, it looks pretty. It's got some nice set pieces. Yeah. It's got some cute jokes along the way. Great cast, as we've mentioned several times. Stuff blows up and bad guys just can't seem to shoot Ryan Gosling at all. Of course, of course, yeah, yeah. But leave your brain at the door, but obviously keep some of it in your head because there's, you a, there's a sequel yeah. on the way. So, of course. before we move on, it does fail the Bechdel test quite spectacularly. Oh. oh, well. Ryan Gosling is a beautiful man. I don't care if you're straight. He is a beautiful man, and you, I force you to acknowledge that. Still got a wonky eye, but I love it. <laughs> yeah, Ryan Gosling has a wonky eye. Then there's the drone shot. It makes them feel more approachable. Can I, can I just say, this is something which I've now seen in a couple of movies. There was oh, a, uh, not actual drone shots. Yes, Michael Bay did this oh. a lot in uh, a, a, the movie Ambulance, which came out a few months ago. There's just drone shots everywhere. You know, people are are having too a conversation, much. and there's it, and it's been filmed in a drone. Yes, yeah, too much. Or people are having a fight in, in a pit, and there's a drone just zooming above their heads, filming it. Such a gimmick now. And it got to the point where it was distracting. So uh, you got to justify the drone shots. Didn't really like that. And a couple more points. Tell you what, there was some there were some header shots in Prey, and some of those were the best shots. In okay. The film. And a couple more points for me. Some of the dialogue is totally mumbled, and I know it's like Ryan Gosling's thing to kind of mumble the dialogue, but it's really annoying. I had to put on the subtitles because I couldn't hear what they were saying. Oh. And the last point, <sighs> there is a character in this movie who is a child, who is maybe 11 or 12, okay. and according to what happens in the film, she should be the most deeply traumatized child in, in history. Okay. The things that she sees, the things she witnesses, mm-hmm. and... She just appears fine. She's totally fine. 
sociopath or something. It doesn't matter that people get killed in her own house. Yeah, no, and she has to witness some pretty horrendous things. Yeah, she's, she's, she's fine. She's got. She's gonna get diagnosed with something. Yeah, uh, you know, one of the one of the past, one of the ists. You know, it's fine. So that's the Gray Man. And James, my challenge to you: if you want me to watch Prey, cool. we no, watch the Gray Man. I want to see what you think. I, I, I'm betting you'll enjoy Prey a lot more than you enjoyed the Gray Man for okay. sure. Okay, it's not an Oscar-winning film. Don't get your hopes that high. Right, listener, if you've watched anything finished a TV show, a movie, if you've been to the theatre, any of that stuff. Did you try a new cookie recipe? For whatever type of cookie you're into, leave us a review. Seesawparade at gmail.com. Uh, Murray Wilson has been interrupting me throughout this podcast. So, uh, Murray, that's your... I'm calling you out now, bro. Oh. Let's hear a review, seeing as you told me how much you actually enjoy Doctor Strange 2. Um, which... <laughs> Ooh, I hate that film. <laughs> So thank you uh, for that uh, interruption. Let's go on to some reviews from listeners. Chris has watched Pride. Okay. And here, this is a movie rather than like, he didn't just go along to one of the uh, events in the city. And, it was stupid beside the uh, car- carnival. Uh, t- uh, took notes. Uh, no, this is his review. <laughs> <it> carnival? What? <laughs> of Pride, the movie. Uh, hello, Seesaw Parade. Hello. It's me, Chris. Hi, Chris. It appears that I've been well and truly dropped in it because I was recently speaking to Anthony and telling him uh-huh. how much I have been enjoying his reviews. Uh-huh. I also mentioned the fact that I've not done a review for a while, so maybe it was about time for me to do another one. The last one I did, if you cast your mind back, was Don't Look Up. Oh, yeah. I did that about Christmas time. So it's been, you know, a fair hiatus. Too long. Right, so Pride is a 2014 film, so it's been out for quite some time. But it's well worth a watch. It's a film that's based on true events, Mm -hmm. and it covers a group of lesbian and gay activists who decide that they are going to raise money for the British miners. So this is during the miners' strikes in in the 1980s. Speaking of Thatcher... So they establish a campaign which is known as Lesbians and Gays Support the Miners. Right. So in in the early stages of the film, we watch as this group comes together and we also see the amount of hate and discrimination and Mm -hmm. resistance that they meet, not just from those within the mining communities, but from people more generally. And it's not easy to watch some of it but despite this they persevere with the campaign and they start to get in contact with some villages some mining villages most of which reject them and their offer of help however there is one small village in wales which do accept their donation which evidently causes a certain degree of uproar within the of village course. there are a few voices there who are fighting for the cause however the vast majority do what do not want anything to do with lesbians and gays support the minors so as you watch the film we kind of see the relationship between the activist group and the this small mining community community develop of course many people in the community how their stance softens and changes. Uh However, there is still a lot of resistance towards 
the activist group and unfortunately there is uh-huh. one or a couple of individuals in particular who are not happy with it and do all they can to disrupt the the work that the activist group are doing. Now I'm not going to go into the plot much more because I don't want to ruin it for anyone who's not yet seen it mm-hmm. but overall it's a very very powerful watch you experience such a wide range of emotions whilst watching this film um, there are some really troubling and difficult scenes um, in the film, um, but they are coupled with some really heartwarming moments as well. Uh, the characters themselves, you get a real insight into many of them, and you kind of begin to understand not only how difficult it would have been for the group, but how difficult it was for all of the individuals within that group. So we see the stories of some of them. We have one character, for example, who's not seen their mother for a number of years. We have a another character whose whose parents find out that he's gay and he feels like he's got no option but to leave. And we also have one final character who's one of the first in the UK to be diagnosed with AIDS. And oh. it's just really difficult to watch them Go through that and kind of see how that all panned out uh, and realise that actually this is a true story. It's based on a true story. So this was reality for a lot of people back then. And, you know, to a certain degree, it's still a reality for a lot of people these days. Yeah. All in all, a really good film. I would definitely watch it again. And I would recommend it, definitely. I would recommend it, particularly for those who, you know, maybe don't understand how difficult it is is or would have been back in particularly in those days to be part of you know an lgbt plus community so yeah a bit of an eye-opener i'm sure for for many um but yeah i'm gonna round off my review there and say cheery by the new <laughs> this does sound like something a lot of people need to be watching no, for sure I, it's to my shame i've not i know the film but i never actually watched it yeah, probably because um, i thought it was too gay yeah, i revoke your credentials I have to give my badge back. As a podcast host, as a podcast host, not a, you, you're still gay. Okay, well, thank you very much for that, Chris. I will find the time uh, to watch that movie. It does sound very much like the kind of thing that I should be watching. Mm-hmm. Okay, one more listener review before we finish with a trailer. And this is from wow. Anthony, and it is The Kingmaker. Here we go. Okay. Hello, Seesaw Parade. Have I got a review for you? I watched I The so. Kingmaker, which is a 2019 okay. documentary on Imelda Marcos, the first lady of the Philippines, and her family's murky political legacy. Wow. Now, even though my mother is from the Philippines, I knew very little about the country's history and the backstory of the Marcoses. The only references I heard growing up were in relation to Imelda's infamous shoe collection and my mother's okay. own growing collection of footwear. So, going into this documentary cold... I was caught slightly off guard. Here we are, introduced to a woman past her prime who once held great power and accomplished many good things for her nation. Now, still wielding some influence among the people in her, in her later years, uh, we see Imelda making an effort to visit some of the charitable facilities she helped create during her husband's presidency and sees those places in states of disrepair under the present government. And that present government is led by the opposition family that had ousted her her husband and has been in power ever since. 
Right. So, as a viewer, I sympathized with Imelda. Hearing these tales from her own mouth, I too longed for the, quote, glory days of the Philippines when uh, Imelda Marcos was the great, generous, and loving mother to the entire Filipino people. Of and, course. as she would add, the whole world. Yes. <laughs> but... The director and producers quickly tip the scales out of Imelda's favor, and we learn about and witness just how disillusioned and out of touch she really is. Yes. And we see how the Marcuses spent money so flippantly during their time in power, while the poor only got poorer. Okay. So as not to spoil too much for you, um, here's some of Imelda's quotable quotes that just give you a sense of who we're dealing with. Okay. <laughs> when I see Manila, I feel so depressed and sad. This was a little paradise. Uh-huh. Before, during my time, uh-huh. there were no beggars. I had a place for them. I knew my husband wanted to be president so that he could maximize his wealth and talent. Uh-huh. Martial law was the best years of the Marcuses, <laughs> that he was able to give the Philippines sovereignty, justice, freedom, human rights. I was always criticized for being excessive, but that is mothering. That is the spirit of mothering. You uh-huh. cannot quantify love. Mm-hmm. My dream for my country is to regain paradise for all. Perception is real. The truth is not. She was ahead on. She was ahead so, on the game. While this documentary serves as a cautionary tale for other nations, it ends on a pretty bleak note as we witness the Marcuses' return and their increasing influence over the Philippine nation and its teaching of history. Right. Children in schools were interviewed, and they said that the eight years of martial law was a good thing. Yeah. And how the Marcos years were the best in the country's entire history. And what's even more scary is that those who could remember this time, they clearly did not learn their lesson because Imelda's son was just elected president. Mm -hmm. Going back to my mother now, I recommended that she should watch this. She grew up during the original Marcos rule and left for the United States before a lot of the civil unrest and then the revolution in the 1980s. Right. After watching this documentary, she said she was saddened by the state of the Philippines and its rampant poverty. Yeah. But she saw little fault in the Marcoses. She, too, bought into this lie and looks back on the Marcos period with a false sense of nostalgia. Oh, dear. She even thought, this is my own mother, she even thought... That the country was tidier when the poor had their, quote, place. Oh, no. Nevertheless, my mom did ask, I wonder where she did get all that money. (laughs) Probably ask the poor people. Yeah. I I highly recommend watching this documentary. It's both fascinating and terrifying at the same time. Yeah, yeah. And I'm sure you'll be able to liken this to a certain family closer to home. There we go. Yep. That's the review of The Kingmaker by Anthony. Thank you very much for that. And thank you, uh, Chris, for your review as well. I'll tell you what, that sounds like the kind of thing which I would really enjoy, even though it's the first time I've heard of it. I'm going to have to look up the trailer when the, we finish. Yeah, I'll have to check it out. And it, it's, 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 it is, it's 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 not funny, but it's, it's you always learn a lot about 
uh, several different countries when you when you do a little deep dive into one period of one country's history. Oh, for because sure. They, they all all these these fake leaders that just benefit themselves. They all re, they all rely on the same tricks and the same lies and the same rhetoric. And a lot of those lines and a lot of the things that are being said sound very much like the same lies we hear day to day over here. Hmm. Indeed. Okay, James, time is running out, so let's just finish with one trailer. It is the new Star Wars TV show, Andor. Here's a clip. Yeah! Cassian Andor. The Empire is choking us so slowly. We're starting not to notice. What I'm asking is this. Wouldn't you rather give it all to something real? For the greater good. Call it what you will. Let's call it war. Okay, James, as someone with no skin in the Star Wars game, I thought this was a very interesting trailer. Yeah, it actually looked pretty good. Uh, What'd you like about it? I do have more skin in the game, and I recognize quite a lot of the characters. Uh, I am getting a bit tired of visiting this one specific era of the Star Wars universe. (laughs) Okay, okay. There's an entire galaxy and and a lot of a timeline and we keep just going to this like 40 year period of the rise of the rebellion or whatever is it because as you say they've got characters that people slash audiences recognize and know and so they're rather than starting afresh with a totally clean slate they're going to they're going to reference things and reference people that people say oh i know that character they're my favorite there's some style there's there's they're tying different things together so characters from the original films alongside some characters from some of the more recent films alongside some characters from some of the animated shows and stuff like that so it does it sells it obviously is going to sell pretty well but for the first time in a while i think since season one of mandalorian they've got a trailer that looks not cheap oh yeah they spent money on this one of the big problems we've experienced in the last few years of both star wars and marvel shows and some other studios as well is that they're relying on cheaper and cheaper methods of making the shows and the films even but those are very detectable. So these cool screens that were very well used in Mando to make some sets yep. and some things that would have otherwise not been possible are being used for every single scene in uh, in some other shows. And it just doesn't work. Whereas in this show, it looks like they didn't go in that really cool LED set as often. And they actually did do some lo- on-location shoots and they actually did have space to work with and things like that. Um, so it looks a bit more back to a, a grander scale and a more real feel that I've been missing from a lot of these shows that I do still enjoy, but feel mostly disappointed by. Um, and like I think that, that if it translates from trailer to show will be a good thing. Uh, okay. The characters are already established and most of the characters are cool and interesting. And we're just going to see a lot of different perspectives on the on the rebellion coming together, both political and then from the ground with some fighters and then from a different part of the ground with some like spy type characters. So they've got a lot of potential with this show. And if they execute it a bit better than, well, if they also do better directing and, you know, uh, better dialogue and okay. better editing and you know all those other things that I've been lacking. If they've also been improved alongside the the slightly more heavy budget spending I, that it looks like it's received, it could be a, it could be a fun show. Okay, final question for me before we end. Okay, are you slash are we reaching peak? Star Wars saturation in terms of content. Um, I don't think it's peaks. I think we're going to be getting to the peak 
next year, the year after that, where it's just too much. Right now, I can still kind of follow it and not feel like I'm drowning in Star Wars. It's not like Marvel right now, where you are just drowning in Marvel. Okay. Um, but I think that they they are following the same path. And it's not a good path to follow. I don't know why Marvel are on that path. I don't know why Star Wars are following. I don't know why other companies with different franchises are just trying to do this thing of producing a lot of mediocre content instead of producing a couple of actually above average things. <laughs> I don't get it, but... I'm not there yet. And if this is good, then maybe they'll slow down a bit and that would be nice. Okay, well, that takes us to the end of this episode of Seesaw Parade, which was, I think, episode 291. I didn't actually name it earlier, but I think it is. Oh, uh, we'll find out. Yeah, we, we will. I might be wrong. Edit in the number if it was wrong. Okay, thank you very much for listening. With James, robot voice. thank you for your time. And dear listener, if you would like to disagree, uh, agree, argue, anything, yep. get in touch. We'd love to hear from you. Do you like Tories? Why are you still here? Indeed. Okay, on that note, James, we'll see you next time. No, actually, if you like Tories, you're more than welcome to listen. Just, Just know that we're judging we're you right silently. Correctly. Okay, bye, James. Bye.